Gym owners, let's talk about partnerships. Now, partnerships can be the absolute best thing to ever happen to your business. There are wildly successful partnerships that, that operate uh, incredibly well. It can also be the absolute worst thing that you ever, ever do for your business if you enter into a partnership from hell. Now, the reality is whether or not you have a great partnership or a partnership from hell really comes down to two things. Number one is selection, picking the person that you're gonna be in bed with, right, with this particular uh, business partnership. And thing two is essentially a prenup. It's making the difficult decisions, having foresight on what those difficult decisions are going to be and making them while you're still in the honeymoon phase, while everyone's still happy, before stuff gets really hard. It's a lot more difficult to make great decisions when you're stressed, when you're financially struggling, right? When you've had a, a downturn in the business, when one partner is disenchanted with the other or the business itself or is making less money than we thought we were going to make or whatever it might be, right? It's a lot easier to make the decisions when everyone's happy beforehand rather than trying to retrofit decision-making to make an unhappy partner happy and try to make the business work and still try to keep the business healthy. So let's talk about selection first. The first thing when it comes to selection, the typical mistake that you'll see with, with, with gym owners in general is basically that you'll, they'll get in business, they'll get in bed with somebody who basically has the same skill set that they do. So having like the same or similar skill sets isn't necessarily like in and of itself a reason to create a partnership from hell, right? Or a, or a driving force of the partnership from hell as long as the end game visions for both partners don't involve them both doing the same thing because otherwise it's like why are you going to be a partner with this person if they're not bringing anything kind of different to the table uh, in comparison to what you bring to the table right it doesn't make sense uh, and so like say that you're both great trainers you're great at sales and marketing and you're really good at like I don't know finance or tech or whatever it might be right well the reality is like if both of you want to end up being you know coaches in the end game then it doesn't make sense uh, for you to be partners but if maybe one of you is going to take on the sales and marketing and that's going to be the role the other one of you is going to be in fulfillment like that's a scenario that can work out really really great but you need to as i alluded to before make those decisions while everyone's happy and have a vision for those decisions before you get in bed with the individual so let's talk about the decisions that you should make before you get in bed with someone or before you decide to get in bed with someone thing number one is the, the clear like equity terms right what are you going to bring to the table and what are you going to get in terms of equity in the business in return for that now i'm not a lawyer this is not legal advice make sure you get your final advice from somebody who's smarter than me on this stuff but basically what are you bringing to the table whether it's money whether it's you know want to use the boots boots on the ground partner want to want to use the financial partner you need to make those terms clear in terms of what you're bringing to the table and then what you're going to get in return for that when it comes to equity now that is a separate conversation than the next piece which is owner compensation now we can break that down realistically into two buckets the first piece is going to be like payroll salary compensation if you will and that needs to be based on the work that's being done in the business so if you're one of the horror stories was we had a, uh, a, a actually it was a son-in-law and a father-in-law who were 50 50 partners and the father-in-law thought that you know he didn't do any work in the business whatsoever he was just kind of a money guy initially the son-in-law was doing all the work doing all the sales growing everything he was the face he was the trainer etc son-in-law was like ah yeah i need to make more money i'm gonna pay myself four grand a month the father-in-law is like cool like as long as you pay me four grand a month it's like oh well that's like that's not super cool and that's gonna kill the business basically um and so it was basically like kill the relationship with the father-in-law uh somehow or kill the business um and uh you know it ended up having to be a, a difficult conversation with the father-in-law i forget how it worked out i honestly don't know if it did or not um <laughs> this was years ago but point being is that just because you're 50 50 partners does not mean that you get the same compensation, right? That should be based, number one, on what roles are being done in the business. So you need to have number 
a, a plan for what are the roles that are going to be done in the business by each partner, what is the compensation for each of those roles, and I like to do a progression plan for that compensation because the reality is you guys are probably going to be doing work that you're not going to be able to pay fully for up front, right? Most gyms can't hire to pay somebody just to manage when they open up. You're bootstrapped. You're signing people up. You're still doing all the coaching, et cetera, et cetera. So if you pay somebody to just like manage the gyms, there's not going to be any room for, you know, marketing or uh, hiring coaches or hiring an admin person or whatever it might be. And so you want to make the progression based on essentially what the normal progression uh, for hiring in a gym might be. So if you're paying somebody on commission for sales, like that's probably the first thing. Uh, and, and you might pay that up to a certain amount. And then you're, you're going to pay the coach, right? The person, the partner who's doing the coaching. So they'll get paid, you know, for their coaching hours up to a certain amount. And then you might pay the guy who's doing the marketing, right? Okay, so the marketing person is going to get their salary up to this amount. And then you circle back again, right? So there's a progression uh, and you're going to build that out in your compensation plan. Um, and it, it sort of, you know, it cycles through until you get to the point where everyone's making sort of what they should be making based on the roles that they're doing in the business. That's one bucket of owner compensation. The other bucket is profit distributions, right? Distributions from the profits of the, of the, of the business. And so effectively, that also needs to have its own decision-making framework that is laid out for you. Um, and so uh, you might say, all right, so profits of the business um, until we have three months of operating expenses are going to be put into a retained earnings account. There's no distributions until we have at least three months of operating expenses and the credit cards uh, that we use to buy the equipment are paid off, right? Um, and then you might have another progression that's like, all right, now once we have three months of operating expenses, uh, we can make a quarterly distribution of, you know, 50% of the profits or um, up to 100% of the profits, that is to be made, uh, uh, the decision on that is to be made by a unanimous decision by partners. Um, frequency can be changed with a unanimous decision by partners, right? But you wanna have the framework for how that decision will be made set beforehand, right? Does this decision need to be unanimous or not? Uh, does it need to be, maybe you have multiple partners, um, all right, is it a two-thirds vote? Does it still need to be unanimous? You need to have those decisions made beforehand so that one partner isn't saying, oh, well, I think we should do this and blah, 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 blah. Well, great, then you need to make your case and um, and settle it or you're not gonna get what you want, right? And make, like, make the other partners believe that it's the best decision too. Again, the point of all this is you can maximize the decisions that you're making while everyone's happy and in that honeymoon phase before you actually get in business, then you can, number one, like you're gonna end up figuring out like, oh yeah, like I don't like the way that you're thinking about this stuff. Maybe we shouldn't be partners. Number two, it just makes it very easy to avoid like the big crazy blow up conflicts later on because everyone agreed to this beforehand, right? Everyone said this was the way we're gonna, the, the way that we're gonna make decisions. Um, now, other stuff really important when it comes to the operating agreement is exit stuff. So Dave Ramsey, I think calls this his five Ds. I don't love everything Dave Ramsey says, but this was a useful, a useful framework for me. Um, so I've now done a lot of these deals. You have death, disinterest, default. So basically somebody like going bankrupt, uh, divorce, and I already said death. Um, I already said disinterest, uh, default, divorce. Oh, he has drugs. So he has like, oh, if you do figure out you're doing drugs and you know, we get to boot you out. But basically what you're going to do is have a decision-making framework for what happens if a partner dies or a partner gets disinterested in the business or whatever it might be. And so an example of this would be setting buyout terms, um, Right, if if your partner's married and they get divorced and they don't get they don't retain 100% equity, 100% uh, of their equity in the business, and you don't want to be in business with crazy, then like have in your operating operating agreement like these are the terms. This is what happens 
if uh, you happen to get divorced or, or either one of the partners happens to get divorced, right? It needs to be fair for everybody, for every party. Um, and, you know, you might say, oh, well, you know, if you get divorced, uh, we can buy out the remaining partner or the, or the spouse of the partner at, uh, you know, a full valuation at 120 months and 3% APR, right? You can decide whatever payment plan you want to set up um, with like minimum, maximum guardrails while you're in this kind of operating agreement uh, discussion, right? Pre-discussion before you're, get, you're, you're getting in bed and really get, getting hitched to this individual. Um, you can also have terms for evaluating the business, right? How you're going to appraise the business, determine the value of the business. So again, like you want to maximize the decisions that are made while you guys are in the happy honeymoon phase. So uh, if it comes to, when it comes to evaluating the business or, or praising the business, determining the value of the business, uh, one partner wants to leave and get bought out, uh, the other partner wants to buy you know, him or her out, great. You can have those terms set beforehand. You might say, all right, if we have three months of operating expenses um, in, a, in a retained earnings account or profit account, whatever it is, uh, then, um, and we can afford to uh, pay for a third party to appraise the business, give an appraisal of the business. Um, typically that's like three to K I think is what they say. Uh, it was the last time we Googled it. Um, then great. You'll pay for that outside third party, the independent third party to give an appraisal of the business. And then you can decide whether or not you want to move forward with a buyout at that point. Uh, or, you know, if there's not that money, um, then you can set frameworks for how you're going to evaluate the business and, and give the business, business a value that you agree to again before you've gotten in bed with this person. And so then it's like, if one part, partner wants to get bought out, it's like, well, we agreed to these buyout terms. We agreed to these uh, valuation terms um, beforehand. Like, you signed the agreement, so this is what we have. And if you're grumpy about what you're having to pay to buy out your partner, it's like, you agreed to these terms beforehand. So, you know, do it or not, right? Uh, so the, again, um, you can avoid the big blowups and the he said, she said, and the I'm right, you're wrong, if you can both agree to any number of terms. This is not an exhaustive list, but the biggest examples of, of the potential blowups tend to be centered around compensation. So both the salary-based compensation and the decision on how, what to do with the profits. Again, you don't want somebody coming in and saying, oh, well, 100% of the profits we distribute every single month, right? We don't need any uh, cash in this slush fund. Probably a red flag, you just don't want to be in business with that person. You want to come to terms to what happens when a partner divo uh, gets divorced or what happens when a partner is disinterested. Uh, you want to have things like first right of refusal. If, if one of the parties, one of the partners wants to go out and give somebody else, uh, get somebody else to buy the business, right? Well, the other partner might want to have first right of refusal. Um, says like, oh, well, okay, if you got an offer for this that you can verify and show me, then I can match the offer. Um, and get your shares instead, right? So you can try to keep it a two-partner situation versus three if it's two. But again, the biggest advice when it comes to partnerships is number one, make the right decision beforehand on selection. So make sure you're selecting the right type of person to be in business with. Uh, and that is somewhat dependent on you, right? Uh, you want somebody uh, that ideally has complementary skill sets and uh, shares the same values and integrity and everything else that you have. Uh, thing two is go through a lot of these like difficult decisions and make every decision possible before you actually decide to get in business with them and then you get a lot better chance of number one making sure that you're in business with the right person so it helps with the selection process and number two avoid some of the big hang-ups and conflicts that can come down the line that turn your partnership uh, from heaven into the partnership from hell hope this is helpful love hugs talk soon